So, yeah, yeah. There's a reason you've never heard me do that, all right? Hey, I, I do want to thank you, man. If you're here for the very first time, we're just excited to have you. We have a, a, a gift for all of our first-time guests here today, and uh, we would love to give that to you out there at our welcome area in the middle of the lobby right after church uh, here today. Uh, I'd love to talk to you, meet you, pray with you. Uh, any way we can serve you, we would love to do that uh, today. Today we are in part two of a series that we kicked off last week called Focus. And if you were here last week, uh, we, last week we, we asked the question, who are you becoming? And if you missed last week, I would really urge you, man, it was just a powerful week. I'd urge you to go back. You can watch it on our Facebook page. You can listen to it on our app, website. Uh, but, but we asked that question, who are you becoming? Because the idea last week was that every single one of us in 2019 became a certain kind of person. You know, in 2019, maybe we became more anxious. Maybe we uh, became angrier, uh, more cynical in 2019. And just apart from a work of God, what we said last week is apart from a work of God, we're just going to keep going deeper into being that person in 2020. There's no mystical, magical force in January unless God does something deep in our hearts. The person that we became last year, we are just going to grow deeper into that this year. And you should ask yourself, do you like the person that you became last year? And more importantly, is that who God wants you to be? Uh, we landed on this, uh, this idea last week that the person that God wants to make us into is a person of love. And, and so, so if, I, if I'm less like that, then man, we need God to do something in us. That's what we did last week. But, but I honestly think that today's question is more important than last week's question. So if last week is, who are you becoming, I think today is more important than even last week. And here's today, this is what we're going to think about today. What is shaping you? What, or, or maybe even who, is shaping you into the person that you're becoming? Now when we're using that word shape, we literally mean that there is someone or something that is shaping, that is forming all of us into a certain kind of person. Me, you, everybody. Doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. Doesn't matter how old, young you might be. Someone or something is shaping us into either a person of love, person God wants us to be, or somebody else. All right? And do you know what it is or who it is that's shaping you? And there's all kinds of different things that shape us, isn't there? One thing that shapes us is our experiences, right? Our experiences shape us. How many would just agree that the experiences we have in life can shape us? Anybody right, right now just raise your hand. A lot of people, right, that's just true. It's just true. Again, regardless of what you believe, experiences shape us into becoming a certain kind of person. We go through things. Things happen to us. We just tend to carry those things along with us. And they shape us. In our family, uh, in our family, again, just out of experience, we have an unwritten rule uh, with me, Elena, and our three kids. We have a, an, 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 an unwritten rule that experience has shaped us into. Um, and that rule is that we can't buy or own fish as a pet. Because when we own fish, they tend to die. And, uh, and it would be really helpful on our end if, like, you had a fish and they just told you what they needed. 
But, but if you're just tuning in, fish don't do that, right? They don't just tend to tell us. A few years ago, Chloe won a fish at a school event. We were really excited, right? She won this fish. We go to Walmart. We buy like a little fish tank and the pebbles and, and all that stuff. So we buy this. We have this new pet fish. A few days later, it dies. And, and so what I do, I did what every single good parent would do in that situation, not tell her and go to Walmart and buy an identical one. Which is exactly what I did. Uh, there's a reason, by the way, you don't hear a lot of sermons in this church about parenting. Because I'm trying to see how I'm doing. Alright? Pray for me. Um, and so that's what I did. So I just go to Walmart. I don't even tell her. Uh, buy an identical one. Buy, so we've got a new fish. She has no idea. But a few days later, that fish dies. Uh, then someone said, you know what you ought to do? You ought to buy a beta. Have you seen these fish? You got to buy a beta because they're really easy to take care of. They live a long time. So I was like, oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. So I buy a beta and it dies. And, and so, so, so now when one of my kids says, you know what we should get? We should get a fish. Another one of my children will say, no, we will kill it. It will die. Right? Again, what is that? That is experience. Experience can shape you. Somebody does something to you and it shapes you. Something happens to you and it, and it shapes you. you. You lose someone close to you and it shapes you. Experience shapes us. Another thing that shapes us, here's a fun word that you really uh, are, are, are probably looking to hear at early on a Sunday morning. Something else that shapes us, algorithms. You know what algorithms are? Here's what algorithms are, okay? So, so let's nerd out for a little bit. Here's what an algorithm is. When you get on Facebook or, or really any social media that you're on, when you get on Facebook, though, a lot of people are. When you get on Facebook, what you're seeing on Facebook, you are not seeing things as they chronologically are posted. Does that make sense? So you're not seeing what your friends and family, people you're friends with, you're not seeing things in, in the time period that they're posted in order. Actually, what you are seeing, you are seeing what Facebook thinks you will like, thinks you will click on, and hopefully they will get some money out of your clicks. Twitter works the same way. Instagram works the same way. Listen, there's a reason those things are free. When something's free, who's, what's the product? We're the product. Right? And, and, and so an algorithm is they have studied, they've built structures and systems that are designed to anticipate what you'll like, the news stories that you'll want to read. Have you ever been talking about how you need to buy something, then all of a sudden you get on Instagram and there's 20 pictures of it? Right? What is that? That's algorithms, right? That's, it's, not just, it's not some mystical force that, that's all of a sudden on your phone. There's an algorithm at work. And what happens? It's shaping you. These people have studied and built an entire system, and they're making billions of dollars off of something that, whether you realize it or not, it is shaping you. One of the biggest things that shapes, uh, shapes people is their family. And a lot of times with family comes past wounds. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 4, God talks about how the sins of parents are passed on to the third and the fourth generation. What that means is just simply this, that what one generation does impacts another generation. I talk to so many people, and the way they do marriage is the way their parents did marriage. I talk to so many people, the way they do conflict is the way their family modeled how to handle conflict. So whether they forgive, a lot of times they got it from their family. Whether they carry that burden and that bitterness around, a lot of times it was just modeled to them from their family. I know so many people who have a father wound, 
or, or a wound from their mother, something happened to them. They're, they're running from it. Something in, in their childhood, something from their family shapes them, or people, they're running from something that happened to them in their family. I, talk, I know so many people, maybe you're one of these people, you got scripts from your family that shape you. Well, you're not as good as your brother. You're not as smart as your sister. Oh, you'll never be successful. You'll never amount to anything. And you just carry that, and what happens? It shapes you. Another thing that shapes us is culture. Just the people that we're around, say our friends, or even the things we watch on television, magazines, books, we read and look at. One of the most powerful things, though, that shapes us, and it might be all of those things combined, are the things that we think about. Or the, 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 the things that we give our attention to. I love this quote from a, a pastor and an author. His name's John Mark Comer. Look at this quote. He says, what you give your attention to is the person you become. Man, think about that. Put another way, the mind is the portal to the soul. And what you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your character. In the end, watch this, your life is no more than the sum of what you gave your attention to. Imagine that 2020 is going to simply come down to what you give your attention to. Think about that for a minute. Do you know what shapes you? Because someone or something shapes all of us. And here's the deal, this is what we're going to see this morning. It's not enough to simply know what shapes you. Really, yes, we got to know what shapes us, but what we have to see is that whatever it is or whatever that someone is that shapes us, we've got to see that Jesus offers a better way. So if you have a Bible, I want you to open it up to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. I love these verses. You know these verses. We read these verses here quite a bit. These are just amazing, beautiful verses from Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. They're on the screen, but if you've got a Bible with you or on your phone, go ahead and open it up so you can take notes, jot it down, just so you can get familiar with it on your own. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Watch this. This is Jesus. Listen to what he says. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you, what's the next word? Rest. Take my yoke. We're going to come back to that. That's a really important word. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find, what's the next word? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus gives, this, uh, gives these three verses, this address to every single person that's weary and burdened with life. And here's the thing. Last time I checked, that was everybody. Right? That's everybody. Every single person in here is weary, is, is burdened. Something is on you. I mean, can we just be honest for a second, take off the mask and, you know, however we try to dress ourselves up for church. Can we just be honest this morning and admit life is hard, isn't it? Right? Life is hard. That might have been one of the loudest amens we've ever got. Life is just hard. It is. Listen, if you're a teenager, it's hard being a teenager. With everything that comes with it, it's hard to be a teenager. It's hard to be an adult, isn't it? Whether you're married, whether you're single, employed, unemployed, it doesn't matter where you're at. It's hard being an adult. Every single person in the room has responsibilities. Every one of us, we have burdens. We have things that are on us. And listen, it's not whether those things are good or bad. They just are. They're just on us. We have things that are on us. But then you put on top of that that the world is broken by sin. 
And that just adds to it. Every single one of us, we are weary and tired. And so Jesus is talking to every single one of us, every single person that's ever been burdened in life. If you're here this morning, you feel burdened, Jesus is talking to you. If you felt burdened in the past, Jesus is talking to you. If you've never felt burdened a day in your life, give it a minute, it'll happen. Jesus is talking to you this morning. And look at what he says. Watch this. Come to me, all of us, all of us. Just life is on you. Life is hard. You feel it. You feel it. Jesus feels it too. Come to me and I will give you rest. Stop right there. It is so important that, that, that you know when Jesus says rest, he isn't talking about an easy life. It's so huge for you to know that when Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Jesus is not saying, come to me and I'll take all your burdens off. Come to me and I'll take all your responsibility off. Everything that's on your plate right now that you're thinking about while Mark is preaching, come to me and, I, and I'll give you rest. Jesus doesn't mean that. When Jesus says, I will give you rest, Jesus is not saying, come to him and he'll give you a life that's essentially you on a hammock with a drink in your hand. All right, that, That's not what he means. Okay, So listen, we know that's not what he means because Jesus Christ had some things to do. Anybody agree? He had some things. He had some responsibilities. Dying for the sin of the world. This is a man who had some things on him. He's not saying, come to me and I'll just take it all off and everything will be easy from here out. It's not what he means. What does he mean? Look at 29. Take my yoke upon you. Stop right there. What's that mean? What is a yoke? Jesus says it several times here. Take my yoke Upon you, verse 30, my yoke is easy. So to understand what the rest is, you got to understand what a yoke is. What is a yoke? Man, what a weird word in 2020. You don't really hear a lot of people use it today. What is a yoke? So what's a weird word today actually was a pretty common word in Jesus' day. What is a yoke? Well, I have a picture of it, honestly. This is, exactly what, uh, this is honestly what Jesus initially means right here. So a yoke in Jesus' day and ours would have been a piece of wood that joins two animals together, and those animals would have carried a load. They would have plowed a field. Those animals would have had a burden that they were bearing, that they were carrying. So a yoke in Jesus' day and in ours would have been something that you could put on an animal or even someone and they were going to carry a burden with that yoke. But that's not the only thing it means in Jesus' day. See, in Jesus' day also, a yoke is something that every teacher had. Every teacher had a yoke. So, so Jesus, later on in the book of Matthew, Jesus talks about the yoke of the Pharisees. In Matthew 23, Jesus says, beware of the Pharisees because they try to put things on people that are heavy burdens. He says, beware of the, uh, the teaching of the Pharisees. They try to put it on people. It's really heavy. What is that? It's a yoke. Every teacher in Jesus' day, the audience would have known, they're describing a way to live. And the way that they're telling me to live is a yoke they are trying to put on me. Is it, e is it an easy yoke? Is it a heavy, burdensome yoke? What kind of yoke is it? See, every single teacher in Jesus' day had a, had a philosophy. Here's how you need to live, and that was a yoke. See, the things that shape us are yokes. Some of you, your family put a yoke on you. Some of you, your boss has put a yoke on you on you and you are trying to please him or her and for some reason you just can't and you are really trying and it is weighing on you and it is a yoke it's shaping 
you. Social media might have put a yoke on you. And you're comparing your life to other people, how, you're, how you look as a parent, the kind of life you live compared to other people. And you just constantly don't measure up. It's a yoke that somebody is trying to put on you. Maybe 2019 put a yoke on you. And you are just determined in 2020 to get out from under the yoke and the burden that 2019 put on you. Every single one of us has a yoke. Every single one of us, the things that are on me, on you, that shape us, those things are yokes. Man, I was thinking about this, and I've honestly been thinking about this for a couple of weeks, and I've just been thinking about the yokes that I've had on me. And some of the yokes, the things that have shaped me, some of those I picked up and put them on myself. And then others, other people have put them on me. Just yokes that people have put on me of telling me that I'm not very good at what I do or, or, or that I'm never going to be as good as so-and-so or, or another church that they went to. And that's a yoke that shapes me. Or you need to be this kind of leader. You need to be this kind of preacher. And so honestly, what happens a lot of times in my life, and God is just trying to set me free from, is I've started to chase things. There have been times in my life I've chased things. I've tried to get our church to go after things that God might have had for somebody else, but he didn't have for me. You know what I mean? And man, it was just a yoke on me, something that just weighed me down, or a yoke of a vision of success that somebody said, listen, if you want to be success, here's the kind of person you ought to be, preacher you ought to be, leader you ought to be, if you want to have a successful church, here's what it ought to look at, and you chase it with all you've got, and you just can't get there, and you feel like a failure. It's a yoke. And Jesus says, I've got a yoke for you. I've got a yoke to put on you, and it is easy light. Jesus had a yoke. The yoke that Jesus would have had primarily, especially in this context in Matthew, would have mainly been the Sermon on the Mount. Biggest sermon we've got from Jesus is the Sermon on the Mount. Think about some of the things, whether you know it or not, you know it. Think about some of the things that are in the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is where Jesus says, forgive your enemies. The Sermon on your Mount, think about this one, this is something. The Sermon on the Mount is where Jesus says, don't worry about your life. Have you ever tried to do that? Right? Have you ever tried to, Jesus, I'm going to do it. I'm going to forgive my enemies. And here's what happens. We look at things like the Sermon on the Mount as just commands, and then we try to do it. And can we be honest for a second? A lot of times they don't work, do they? You can't talk that way in church. Some of y'all, right? Let's just be honest. A lot of times it's not working. I'm going to forgive my enemies. And there they are at Walmart. And all of a sudden you duck down an aisle to avoid them. I'm not going to worry about my life. And you're sitting there like, don't worry, don't worry. Blowing a gasket for something. You know what I'm saying? Right? Breaking something. Trying not to worry about your life. Listen, here's what happens a lot of times. We try to do the ways of Jesus without living the life of Jesus. The yoke that Jesus calls us to live is Jesus says, I want you to make the way that I live my life the way that you live your life. The yoke that Jesus is saying, come to me and watch how I live. Watch how I respond. My yoke is easy. What Jesus wants to put on us is the way that Jesus did life 
is the way that he invites us to learn how to live our lives. Just like those two animals, they are yoked together. Jesus wants us to come alongside of him, to link up with him, to join up with him. And he says to us, watch how I do it. Watch how I respond. Watch how I lean on the Father. Watch how I forgive my enemies. Watch how I do these things. See, the more we live the, the, the life of Jesus, the more we let Jesus shape how we live, the more the ways of Jesus come out of us. Hello? The more we are shaped by Jesus, the more the ways of Jesus will come out of us. And so when Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest, his rest is a yoke. And listen to me, Jesus' yoke is different than every other yoke that anyone could ever put on you. Jesus' yoke is the only yoke that says, come to me and listen, you don't have to try to perform, try to impress, try to buy off somebody's love. Jesus is the only yoke that you can get that says, come to me, you are already fully known and fully loved. And I want to help you carry your life. I want to help you carry those burdens. I want to help you heal those wounds. Link up with me and watch how I do it. And over time, we learn how to be shaped by Jesus. See, if you're taking notes, write this down. This is so important. Write this down. Jesus hasn't simply given us something to believe, but a completely new way to live. Let me say that again. I feel like I would have amen that if I'd have been in your position, but maybe that's just me. Jesus hasn't simply given us something to believe, watch, but a completely new way to live. This is so different than come to church, read your Bible, and don't cuss. That's what it means to be a Christian. No, that's not what it means to be a Christian. What's it mean to be a Christian? It means that over time we learn that Jesus' life is the way that we are to live. And as we let Jesus shape us, we become a person of love who can learn how to forgive our enemies, who can learn how to cast the worries of our life onto our Heavenly Father. That as Jesus shapes us, the ways of Jesus begin to come out in our lives. So when we talk about the ways of Jesus, the life of Jesus, a good question to ask is how did Jesus live? Let me show you three things really quickly. Three things quickly. How did Jesus live? What would happen to us if we took on Jesus' yoke? Over time, these things would. Watch this. How did Jesus live? Jesus got his identity and value from the Father and not from the crowds. Think about that. The disciples wanted Jesus to be a certain kind of Messiah. The crowds did. The religious leaders. Everybody wanted Jesus to be a certain kind of person. But Jesus didn't get his identity and value from the Father. I mean, you read the Gospels, and Jesus over and over is getting away from the crowds, getting away, away from the 12 disciples. He's getting away to be with God, to hear God tell him, I love you and you're my son. First thing God the Father says when Jesus comes out of the water at his baptism, Matthew 3, 17. This is my beloved son, and with you I am well pleased. The voice in Jesus' life that had the most powerful shaping force was the voice of his father. What kind of voices in your life shape you? Where do you get your identity and your value? Where do you get it from? Another thing you see when you, you, you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus had things to do but was present in the moment. Jesus had things to do but was present in the moment. Jesus never seemed to miss a moment 
by being consumed with a moment that might happen in the future. Does that make sense? Man, one of the biggest struggles, somebody asked me one time, Mark, if you could go back and do something over, what would you do? I said, you know what I would do over? I would try to enjoy where God had me in the moment instead of being consumed with where I might be 22 years down the road or somewhere in the future. I seem to miss a lot of the present and not be content and thankful for what I have because I am so focused on a future that I don't know whether or not I'm going to get it. Hello? Right? You never see Jesus Christ struggling with that. Jesus Christ is on the way to the cross and a woman who has had a bleeding issue for 12 years touches his robe and he stops and he says, who did that? Let's just all stop a moment. Who did that? And this woman is healed. Jesus is on the way to the cross. Died for the sins of the world. And a man walks up and says, my son is sick. He might die. And Jesus says, well, let's go to your house. You say, Mark, I could never do this. Mark, I, I could never be present in the moment. I can't do this, what you're talking about. I got too much going on. Mark, I'm too busy. There's no way that I could do it. Listen, I don't know what you have going on, but does it include dying for the sins of the world, destroying the works of the devil, and bringing all things under the feet of your heavenly Father? If not, if Jesus could do it, it might be possible for us. Hello? Right? This is possible. But another thing that we see when we look at the life of Jesus is just this, that Jesus was a person of love. Jesus was a person of love. I mean, he is on the cross, and the people who are killing him, he is praying for them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus was a person of love. And you look at this, and you think, well, Mark, of course he could do that. He's God. I'm not God. Of course Jesus could do this. He's God. Listen, Philippians 2 says that Jesus was fully human. That Jesus, yes, he was 100% God, but Jesus was 100% man. And he didn't lean into his divinity so much that it canceled out or lessened his humanity. Jesus instead, in the hardest moments of his life, leaned into a relationship with his father that he had built in secret. For 30 years, he leans into that relationship. And listen, when they're killing him, Jesus Christ is free. Amen? He is a free man. And they are killing him. And he's free. And he's alive right now. And what he says to us is, come to me and I want to show you how to live. Do you like what you're getting out of the way you're living right now? Do you like it? Because if not, Jesus says, why don't you come to me? And I can show you how to do it a different way. I can put a different yoke on you than the world has, than your family has, than maybe your church has. And some, listen, this is not going to happen in five minutes. But by the grace of God, slowly over time, we can take on this yoke and the ways of Jesus can come out of our lives. So let me ask you this morning. What is shaping you? What is the yoke that you carried on you today when you walked in? Some of you are so bitter and tired, and Jesus says, come to me today. Just come to me. 
Some of you, you're here and you're trying to get your identity by whether or not a girl notices you. You're trying to get your identity and worth and value whether or not a guy notices you. And Jesus says, I got a better way. You, you come to church every single week and you read your Bible all the time, but you are just carrying a yoke of anger and resentment. And Jesus says, listen, I got a better way. I got a better way. Listen, last week, if you weren't here last week, last week was one of the most powerful days we've ever had in, in, in almost nine years in our church. I'm telling you it was. Last week, the way we ended last week is we said, listen, who are you becoming? Whatever it is, write it down on a card. And I just said, listen, be as honest as you can. And I didn't know how honest anybody would be. I didn't know if anybody would be honest. Virtually every single person that came in both services last week came forward, put their cards down, and listen, if the first step of freedom is honesty, then virtually every single person in our church took the first step last week. I mean, virtually every single person took the step towards freedom last week. If the first step's honesty, you already took it. Say, so, okay, now what do I do? Well, now what you do is you realize that there is a different way to live. And it happens as we drop the yokes that shape us, that others or we have put on ourselves, and we begin to take on the easy yoke of Christ. Well, look at me, and this might be the most important thing, and then we're done. I'm going to have you do something with me this morning, all right? So, so, so watch this. Look at me for just a minute. This is, this, you've got to get what I'm about to say, and then, then I'm done. What we are talking about today, dropping the yokes that shape us, Maybe we've carried for decades, taking up the easy yoke of Jesus. You are not going to do that with one prayer at the end of a church service. You are not going to do that with one decision at the end of a church service. Watch this. That doesn't lead to radical change out there. Amen? Does that make sense? Well, I went up front. I left it at the altar. But what did you do out there? I thought that was enough. No, it can start here. It doesn't end here. I say that all the time, right? It can start with a prayer. It starts with a decision. But listen, the yoke that Jesus is offering here, it will lead to radical changes in our lives. So it can start here, but some it look at me. I love you to pieces. I thank God for being here today. But I got to tell you, it doesn't end here because it will lead, the yoke of Jesus will lead to radical changes out there. So I don't know what the yoke is. I don't know what you're being shaped by. Jesus Christ, his word to every single person, young and old in this church today, is come to me and I will give you rest. I have a different way of doing life. And if you want to know it, you want to experience it, it can begin right now. So I want to ask you to do something with me if you would. I just want to ask you, go ahead and take your Bibles, whatever you've got in your laps. Go ahead and put them in the floor. Set them aside. And I want you to try to get as comfortable as you possibly can. Just go ahead and put both feet on the floor. And we're just going to come into a time in God's presence. God is here. Just believe by faith that God is here where two or more are gathered in the name of Jesus. He's here in our midst. Jesus Christ is here right now. Jesus Christ is here in this room right now. And we're just going to enter into a time in his presence. So would you just do, do this with me if, if you feel comfortable. If not, just stay where you're at silently. But if you would just bow your head in prayer and and you might just, I don't know what your week is. I don't know what your week's been like. I don't know where you're at this morning. You just might want to take a deep breath in and let that out. And let's just, 
stay in the presence of Jesus for just a second. Try to get centered in the presence of God who is in the room right now. And, and as you do that, if you would feel comfortable, I'm going to ask you to do this. As you do that, would you just take both of your hands, or at least one of them, and just take your hands and lay them palms up in front of you. Just palms up right in front of you, on your lap or on both your knees, just right there. Just palms up right there. And what I want you to do is I want you to imagine that in your hand you are holding that yoke. Just try to get that in your head right now. You are holding the yoke that your family put on you right now in your hand. You can hold it. You are holding the yoke of a broken family. I want you to see that you are holding the yoke of what those people said to you decades ago and it is still so fresh, you remember what you were wearing. I don't know what your yoke is, the thing that shapes you, can you imagine yourself holding it? And now I want you to imagine, there you are, you're sitting there, you're holding that yoke. I'm just being honest about it. You were honest last week. I want you to imagine that Jesus Christ is looking at you right now as you hold that yoke. And the look that Jesus is giving you is a look of love. Not of judgment. Not a con condemnation. Say, Mark, how do I know that? Because hear the words of Jesus to you. Come to me. Just come to me. So there you are. You're holding that yoke in the presence of Jesus who perfectly sees you and that yoke. Would you just sit there with him for just a minute? And Jesus looks at it and says, come to me because I want to help you with that. And so what if you started to give Jesus that yoke that's in your hands? What if you started to give to Jesus that wound from when your dad did that thing to you? Or when your boss said those words to you? Or when those people put something online? You didn't make that team. You didn't get into that school or it's just even fear before God. You're, you're just trying to do so much for God. You're, you're just not settled and still in His love. Jesus sees that yoke and says, I love you. Just let me help you with that. What if right now, in this moment, you gave that yoke to Jesus? What if you asked Him to help you carry it? What if you asked him to help you carry what you've been trying to carry for years? And so just right now, as you are in this moment, just there in the presence of God, that yoke is in your hands. Jesus sees you, sees that yoke, says, come to me with that. Just Why don't you just help, let me help you begin to carry that? How many of you just right now, just by raising your hands, would say, Mark, I have been carrying a yoke that's been shaping me for a long time. Put your hand up right now. There's a hand up right there, several hands, several hands right there, a lot of hands over there in the back. So just put those hands down, and again, your hands are wide open in the presence of God. And 
right now, just in a moment of honesty, would you just say to Jesus, Jesus, I have no idea how to give you this yoke. Help me give you this yoke. Help me put this on your shoulders. Help me link up with you with my anxiety. Help me link up with you. Help me learn from you how to handle what those people said about me and just the bitterness from it. Jesus, would you help me to to learn how to live and not be angry at people, not be angry at you? Help me to learn how to give you this yoke. And here's the thing, giving Jesus that yoke is not a one-time thing. You've carried it for a long time. It, maybe it's, it's become deeply rooted just in who you are. You're loved by God and Jesus wants to help you, wants to begin to shape you. But it's not going to be a one-time prayer. So ask Jesus right now, Jesus, what needs to change? What needs to change for me to give you this yoke? For me to walk out of the burden of it and begin to live in the freedom that you have for me? What needs to change? Maybe what needs to change, you are listening to the wrong voices. Maybe what needs to change is you are are giving your attention to the wrong things. Jesus, what needs to change? Listen, that is such a big question. Nothing may come to you right now, and that's okay. Just continue to hold that yoke before him and ask him, Jesus, what needs to change? What needs to change? But Jesus, I want to lay this yoke down to take up yours. If that's you today, if God is speaking to you right now, would you just pray that prayer? You can pray it out loud. Jesus, I want to lay this yoke down to take up yours. You can pray it out loud with me, or you can pray it silently to God. But if God is speaking to you today about a yoke, something that's been shaping you, you've been carrying, just pray that with me right now, again, out loud, or just silently between you and the Father. Would you just pray that? Jesus, help me to lay this yoke down to take up yours. Jesus, help me to lay this yoke down to take up yours. Show me what it would look like for your life to begin to be my life. Show me what it would look like for the life of Jesus, for your life to be the yoke that I walk under. A yoke that is easy and light because this yoke sees me, knows me, and says I am loved. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. Jesus, so many people have already taken this step of honesty. This is who I'm becoming. And we are becoming those people, so many of us, because we have been put under a yoke that you did not put us under. And who who knows where it came from? 
But today, things can begin to change as you say to us, come to me. i got a different way to live. I've got a different way to learn how to respond. Come to me and I can show you a way of doing life where the love of God goes from an idea, something you believe, to a way to live. Jesus, show us how to do that. Show us as a people how to do that. Show us as a church. Show us as families how to do that. To take up your yoke. To be shaped by you. To be people who love you and are a blessing to the world. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Amen. Church, would you just give God praise and thanks for just that word, just that word where he says, come to me. And, and, and here's, here's what I want to say to us. Um, you know, last week, last week I invited you to something that we're going to do today at 5 called formation. So, so maybe at the end of this you're thinking, Mark, listen, how do I do this? How do I really be shaped by Jesus and not just... Okay, do the stuff that, you, that people say all the time. Come to church, read the Bible. I'm doing this, but Mark, how do I do the deep work of taking up the yoke of Jesus? Be shaped by Him. Today, I want to invite you to this formation at 5 o'clock. What we said last week is we make time for things that are important, and this is important. I'll just tell you right now, this is not going to be me for an hour telling you you need to read your Bible and come to church more. I can promise you that if you're thinking that's all that is, no, that's not. What we're going to do today at 5 o'clock at Formation is look at every single person, look at the season of your life. What would it look like if you tailor-made a process for you to follow and link up with Jesus and follow Him just in the stage of life you're in right now? What would that look like so that Jesus can shape you? Man, we're going to do that today at 5. I urge everybody to come. Here's the thing, too. We're also going to have child care tonight. So if you need child care, uh, you need to use that. That will be available tonight at 5 o'clock. I want to invite our entire church to come back for formation today at 5 right here, all right? Hey,